are tuning in to the Love Breezy Bree Yoga podcast. My name is Bree, and you can find me at lovebreezybreeyoga.com. Check out the show notes for more information, including a link to my website. Thank you so much for listening. Namaste. So I wanted to talk about the reason why I love teaching yoga. And the number one reason why I love teaching yoga is because it is my entire intention to have the student have more body awareness. I want them to pay attention to them, to their body, to how they feel, to what they're thinking, and for them to start to, if not already, begin to trust themselves. And this sounds like this is an easy concept, but this is a very difficult concept for many reasons. We have been taught from the time that we were children that we are under control of someone else. And some of that is inherent and needed because for the survival of ourselves, we had to rely 100% on someone else a caregiver, a parent, an adult, somebody who had to make sure that we were safe, secure, and all of that. And if we have made it to the point where we are able to become adults and to live on our own, then on some level, whoever was responsible for us succeeded on some level. But here's the challenge. Some of us And most of us, as I was describing, have had to become a bit detached from self. And some of it was healthy. Like I said, the stuff I just mentioned, that's all healthy. That's all normal. And that's all a part of the human experience. Some of it was very unhealthy, however, where we had to rely on others in ways that required us to give up parts of ourselves that we would ordinarily or in any other circumstance not be required to do so. And this can range from lots of different levels, from levels of self-control to levels of complete identity control. And this can be through facets of trauma that had taken place in our lives to um, just not being able to be who we are authentically. And I'm going to talk about a couple of different examples because I think everyone can either identify with or understand more of this concept through these two examples. They're going to be very extreme examples. So one of them is the example of the athlete. In athletics and competition, furthermore, we are taught that we have to seek external factors in order to perform. So even though we may be very successful in whatever that endeavor is, whether it is, you know, gymnastics or running or basketball or football or golf or whatever the athletic activity is, we have learned to quit paying attention to our intuition and pay more attention to performance. And even though it may have had a desired result, it did take us away from body awareness. Some of my hardest work 
as a yoga teacher in teaching body awareness has been to dancers. And me, as a former competitive dancer, understands this, as well as to gymnasts. It is hard to explain to them how to feel where their body is taking them versus how to show them what I want them to look like in that position. And I'm trying to teach them more on do what you feel, not do what you see. And this is another reason why on this podcast, I am adamant about offering personal yoga practices through the form of audio yoga classes versus me um, doing more classes on a video type virtual studio like YouTube or Instagram instead of just the little clips or whatever. I don't do full classes in that capacity because my entire mission is to teach the practitioner how to have a private practice where they eventually quit being led at all. They don't need to go to studio classes seven days a week or five days a week or three days a week. They can go one day a week and do the rest of their practice intuitively on their mat. Now there's some different things that we need to teach in order to get there. Some of it is the yoga philosophy, breath work, some meditative work, asana, which is the poses, how to do them correctly, and sequencing and how to keep the body adjusted and aligned and to keep it in balance, right? Therapeutically to prevent injury. But then once we've learned all of that, which doesn't take forever to obtain. But once we get proficient in those areas, we can then begin to have a very lifelong, consistent home practice where you begin to trust what you need on any given day, whether that's 10 minutes on the mat for your practice all the way to two hours on the mat for your practice. That is one of my goals. So In thinking about body awareness and thinking about athleticism, that's one example as to where we lose control of this concept. The other one, which I said is going to be a little bit more polarizing, is, for instance, abuse to the body or abuse to the mind. If we've been mentally abused to not trust ourselves or to be afraid of our own thoughts, or to have to conform to someone else in order for food and shelter to be given, we have then disconnected from self. If we have been abused physically, whether that is through the form of violence or sexual or any of that or any combination of or whatever, then we have also disconnected from self. So we have now created trauma within the mind-body-spirit connection, and we no longer know if we have permission to respond to what we're thinking, feeling, and we do not know if we're allowed to react to our own feelings, to our own thoughts. And if you have never experienced on any level those two examples you can at least identify with that thought that when you were a child, you were not allowed to do what you wanted to do when you wanted to do it. And you weren't always allowed to listen to your your mind or your body. And in some areas of our existence, we didn't have the wisdom to really do so. So um, now you get an idea of why this is why I am teaching yoga. I have learned that yoga has 
been able to facilitate in a more constructive, gentle manner than any other discipline I've ever taught in. And I've taught in other disciplines such as dance and gymnastics and other performance disciplines and and other therapeutic disciplines. And what everyone is starting to realize, there's a consensus forming from mental health specialists to therapeutic specialists to physicians to those in the medical disciplines that yoga some way, somehow has been able to create this connection. Rather, we're dealing with athletes, rather we're dealing with those suffering from injury, those suffering from physical ailments, those suffering from mental ailments, those who are just suffering from life. Somehow yoga has this bridge that just bridges the gap between connecting back to self and being disconnected from self. And it, is, it has the ability to be able to do it in a way that some of these other disciplines haven't been able to do consistently. Yet yoga, if, if you have a practitioner, if you are a practitioner of yoga, and you have a consistent practice, and by consistent practice, I just mean you practice at least one day a week for several months, you will start to notice the effects that yoga has in all these areas of your life, the mind, body, and spirit. And the more you practice yoga and the more you connect to self through practice and the more you start to have body awareness and then the more you have body awareness, the more you're able to have patience and compassion for that awareness that's going to bring up other stuff within your life, the more you're able to really see that yoga does have this crazy effect on you in a positive way. And not only does it have the effect on you, you then are able to pay it forward in a way that you really haven't been able to do prior to. Even if you're doing amazing things in life, yoga just enhances that. And it's not because yoga's philosophy, I mean, you could just practice asana, which is just the physical practice that you see in the studios. You don't even have to practice meditation, pratyama, or any of the other parts of the eight limbs of yoga. And it still has the effect. And why? It's because it connects you back to self, you back to your mind, you back to your body, and you eventually to your spirit, regardless of your religious beliefs, your spiritual beliefs, your philosophies, it doesn't matter. It can meet you wherever you're at, whoever you are. And we're seeing that. I study a lot of coaches in different disciplines and coaches in business, coaches in philosophy, coaches in, um, you know, different type of institutional type practices and coaches in athleticisms. And I like Phil Jackson. He is a multi-ring championship coach for the Lakers and the Bulls in the NBA. 
And he has amazing books on the mind-body-spirit connection that just blow my mind. And I love them because he utilizes yoga principles, mind-body-spirit principles um, in training his athletes. And a lot of times, not all of the time, but a lot of times athletes come from very complex backgrounds um, that have some traumas, that have um, insecurities, um, insufficiencies, you know, um, different types of issues that these athletes have overcome to get to where they're at. But these athletes have been very external driven. They've been driven by pressures or by uh, different negative or positive reinforcements, just depending on what got them there. And here he's starting to teach them to be mindful and to think within self and to start to have body awareness and to start to reconnect back to who they are. And that way he can then teach them how to have longevity and, and how to make a difference. People can become anything that they need to become and want to become. You can fulfill your dreams in this life. It has been done. But how do you sustain that? How do you allow yourself to then become, I think, impactful for others and to create a legacy and to pay it forward? Just because you've become great all in your own right doesn't mean that you've actually been able to do something bigger to be the change you wish to see. And Phil Jackson Jackson has taught his athletes to do more than just be an athlete. And it's really cool if you ever get a chance to um, read or listen on audio any of his books, The Five Rings, um, and he has other ones. That one just sticks out to me. They are so amazing, and this is why. And likewise, the work that I've been called to do, which is to work with those who have experienced trauma because I've experienced trauma, I've been um, a sufferer of PTSD, and I've been able to use yoga for healing therapy for myself and for others in conjunction with other areas of um, treatment. And I've seen it have immediate effects on my life and on others that I've worked with. And so it has the ability to connect you to self to heal and connect you to self to explore and connect you to self and to thrive. We want to thrive in this existence. We don't want to just strive and just survive. We want to thrive. And so I hope that you are able to experience this, what I'm talking about. And I think you can. I think you can begin to understand who you are, to bring awareness back to your mind and body, and to discover your spirit, and to realize that this has nothing to do with religion. This has nothing to do with any dogmatic philosophies or anything that, you know, you are not wanting to identify with. This isn't about just creating a new identity. This isn't about saying, well, now I'm this person and now I'm that person. This isn't about that. You are not looking to just recategorize who you are in your life. You're looking just to be 
whoever you are, to know what you are feeling exactly, to get away from aesthetics and superficialities and to be more in tuned with feeling and self-awareness and being, whatever that means, whatever that means. So just like in a yoga practice where you constantly hear the teacher hopefully say, tune in with self, listen to your body, do what feels right. And sometimes you may ask yourself, I have no idea what feels right. Just tell me what to do because I don't know or I don't know what I'm feeling or I can't tune in with myself. Who is self? Just take a step back and allow the question to linger for as long as it takes. And the fact that you're even thinking about what the thought even means is proof that you are on the journey that you need to be on. Wherever you go, there you are. And wherever you're at, you're supposed to be. So listen. Just stop. Listen. Breathe. And that is the beginning of a powerful discovery of self. Thank you so much for being here, for listening. And as I always say, faith is my grace. Love is the highest vibration. The light in me acknowledges the light in you. Namaste. Go in peace. I am so honored that you are listening to the Love Breezy Bree Yoga podcast. Never miss an episode. Download the free app on iTunes, Apple Podcast, Spotify, or Stitcher. Please also rate the show with five stars. I would greatly appreciate that. Visit me on my website at lovebreezybreeyoga.com. I include free yoga sequences every single month. You can leave a comment or message me and we can connect. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful, wonderful personal practice. Namaste.